Hello and welcome to the Mr. Brown podcast, where I reflect on my journey as an early career teacher with a special focus on mental health. I am your host, James Brown. Salutations. I apologise for being a week behind schedule with the podcast. I had intended to record an episode this time last week. But last Saturday was the first day of half term. And right on schedule, I was ill. I was ill on Saturday and Sunday and it dragged on into half term. And I only started to feel better on Thursday. Why does this happen? There has only been one holiday since becoming a teacher that I have not been ill. And that was the last summer holiday. I have discussed this in detail before on the podcast. But I do think it's something to do with coming to a sudden stop in terms of workload and stress. Prior to the summer holiday, we had had a week at school which was full of trips and activities and excursions and very little of the usual teacher stresses by way of teaching lessons, marking, administering detentions, whatever else it might be. So we'd had a bit of a wind down leading into the summer holiday and I think that makes a difference. Whereas last week on the day before half term, on a Friday, it's one of my busiest days and I'd worked especially hard that day so that as soon as half term started I wouldn't have any schoolwork left to think about and then came to a sudden whiplash-inducing halt on the Friday evening in terms of, you know, stress and adrenaline and workload. It was over, now it was half-term, and I got ill. Maybe that has something to do with it. It's a working theory. I'm sure there'll be, there'll be plenty more examples of this in my future to analyse, so I'll keep you posted. But that's why I'm a week behind schedule because I was a bit poorly last week. Now, the first thing I'd like to discuss today are my Year 11s. In my Year 11 class, we've recently been joined by a girl who's come from a different set. Now, the last time I taught this girl was in Year 9, so a couple of years ago, and it was back when I was a trainee. And she was, and to a certain extent still is, a handful. I remember one lesson during my training year when she was in year nine, where I don't think she wanted to be in the lesson, probably for a multitude of reasons, some of which may have been justified. I don't know. But she didn't want to be in the lesson. And so she played up with a view to being kicked out. And the teacher who was with me in that lesson at the time, I was a trainee, so I was supported by a fully qualified teacher, had told me not to not to let her leave the lesson. Um, he stepped out just for a moment. And in those few moments, she kicked off royally. And 
with hindsight, I can smile about it. But at the time, it was stressful. It was perhaps my most stressful experience um, to date as a teacher because I wasn't sure what to do. She just started shouting over and over and over that I looked like Mr. Bean. And to be fair to her, in the jacket I was wearing, I probably did look a little bit like Mr. Bean. But she wouldn't stop, wouldn't stop shouting. So I didn't really know what to do with the class. What I ended up doing was because I couldn't, I was struggling to make myself heard over this student. What I ended up doing was going round to individual students and trying to speak them, speak to them on a one-to-one basis or on a one-to-two basis. I'd speak to a couple of students at a time and just give them the instructions for the work and hand out the worksheet. The shouting was still going on in the background. So I went around the whole class and spoke to students individually and thanked them for doing the right thing, thanked them for not adding to the chaos that was currently unfolding, gave them the worksheet, gave them the instructions and blessed them, most of them cracked on and did some good work. So that was a stressful experience. And she eventually was removed from the class shortly after that. Anyway, fast forward two years and this student has now come to my year 11 class from another set. And she has matured. Like I said, she can still be tricky. She can still be a handful. But I would say she has matured. And just a couple of weeks ago, she said to me, Sir, I used to, um, I used to embarrass teachers just for the fun of it. And I was thinking, yes, yeah, I can remember that. You did that to me on one occasion. I didn't say that, but that's what I could that was what was going on in my head. I was like, oh, did you? Did you? That, that wasn't a very nice thing to do, was it? And she said, no, no, it, no, it wasn't. I don't know why I did it, really. I'm not like that anymore. You don't even look like Mr. Bean. <laughs> so I had in my, in my mind that example from a couple of years ago, but I perhaps assumed that was one example among many and that she may have even forgotten. But she, in fact, was thinking about that, too. And yet here she was a couple of years later, and I would say she didn't go as far as saying the words, I am sorry, but she, I would say she definitely expressed some contrition. She said that she didn't know why she used to do it. And she said that I didn't even look like Mr. Bean. And this really meant a lot to me because in education, You don't always get a sense of closure after something like that happens. There's no concrete sense of resolution. And there hadn't been until now, two years later, and the student in question acknowledged what she did and kind of offered an implicit apology. And that meant so much. And it also means a lot to me as her teacher now, because I can see that she's on a journey. She can be tricky. But she is making progress. I kind of got a glimpse of her own character arc in a way. And I got a sense of resolution from that early stressful um, experience that I had a couple of years ago. So that was really lovely. And I'm happy to report that she's doing ever so well in my lessons. And I'm very happy to have her in my lessons. Now, still on the topic of my year 11s. I often face a bit of a dilemma with my year 11 class. Some of them, not all of them, 
but some of them, every so often, I'll catch them just looking at their phone in their pocket. I'll say, put that away, please. And they will. And we'll carry on. They'll continue doing the good work that they often do. That said, our school policy is to confiscate phones on site. If a student is seen using a phone, it's to be confiscated immediately. Now, in my year 11 class, if I tried to do that with some of the students in that class, there would be an awful argument about it. They would probably end up leaving the lesson as a result of the argument, and the lesson itself might be derailed and learning time would be lost. And I've raised this issue with certain teachers just by way of discussion. And I've been told that it's about sweating the small stuff. So we have the same attitude towards coats, for example. Coats aren't to be worn in the classroom. Like it might be more expedient in the moment just to let the student wear the coat uh, so that we can crack on with learning. But no, one of the rules is coats aren't to be worn in the classroom. And so we need to sweat the small stuff on the assumption that then the big stuff will take care of itself. No coats in the classroom. And it's it's easier with coats because you often face less of an argument. But if you try to take a teenager's phone off them, that promises conflict. So I do have this dilemma. So every so often I'll see a year 11 student in my class just looking at their phone and I'll say, put it away. They will and we'll crack on with the rest of the lesson. But according to my school's policy, I should have confiscated that phone. But had I followed that policy, it would have resulted in all sorts of chaos and lost learning. So what do you do? That's my question. I'm throwing it out there. I'd be very interested to hear your thoughts on the matter. I'm sure this sort of thing might happen with respect to lots of different school policies, insofar as the policy, at least on the face of it, might not always be conducive to learning in the moment, perhaps conducive to learning in the long term. But how do you balance that? How do you find the balance? How do you find the right course of action? I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. Before continuing this week, I will issue my usual Patreon plea. So this episode took around two hours three hours almost to produce, which is about average. And I aim to produce two episodes a month. So that's between four and six hours of work a month that I put into this podcast. So if you enjoy the podcast and if you think that work is worth at least the price of of a coffee, so two to three pounds a month, then please consider signing up on my Patreon page. The link is in the show notes as always. Any contribution is appreciated and it'll help me cover the cost of producing the podcast. It doesn't cost a great deal to produce the podcast, but any contribution would be greatly appreciated. And if you do sign up on Patreon, you get exclusive early access. And by early, I mean one week early to videos of my recording sessions. So that's an extra little incentive. Now, towards the end of each half term, we have a tutor team meeting where we discuss the RSHE materials for the following half term. So RSHE in my school is delivered during tutor time in the mornings. And so, like I said, we get together to discuss what's coming up 
the following term. And so a couple of weeks ago, we got together and found out that on the agenda for the for the upcoming half term is drugs and alcohol and vaping, substances, that sort of thing. And I was interested to share this with you. The, the consensus in the room, in this room of teachers, was strictly against the consumption of any of these substances, any drugs whatsoever, in no uncertain terms. To advise against them, they are bad. They are destructive. And that was the attitude with respect to all these different substances and drugs up until the point that we got to alcohol. When we began speaking about alcohol, the attitude seemed to shift to one of everything in moderation, which I thought was interesting because, as far as I'm aware, the World Health Organization advises that consuming alcohol in any quantity is bad for us. While there may be some positive effects of drinking some alcohols in certain quantities, those positive effects are always outweighed by the negative effects. So there's no good reason, really, to drink alcohol. And yet, of course, it is ubiquitous in society. Lots of people do it, including some of the people in this room. They enjoy having a drink. But I felt that the fact that they enjoy having a drink seemed to be affecting how we were going to be teaching the lessons on alcohol next term. And I'm sure this happens with a whole host of different topics and lessons. It would be impossible to separate our own personal experiences from certain lessons. Yet here I thought it was a particularly dramatic example and quite an important one as well, because alcohol can potentially have devastating effects. And so it was something I wanted to highlight. And again, throw out there as another question. So I may enjoy a drink at the weekend, but just because I enjoy a drink at the weekend, should I advise students that they consume alcohol responsibly and moderately? Or should instead I look beyond my personal experience to the evidence and advise them against consuming alcohol in the same way that I would advise in no uncertain terms against consuming any other dangerous substances. What to do? Now, speaking of my tutor group, I was so, so very proud of them last week. A student in our class, a couple of months ago now, had been involved in a traffic collision and he was injured quite badly and he's been recovering in hospital but indeed he has recovered or at least he's making very good progress on the road to recovery and he returned to school last week in a wheelchair for now he'll be out of the wheelchair as soon as possible but for the time being he's in a wheelchair and this surprised me. I hadn't been expecting him. I knew he was coming back soon, uh, but I hadn't realised it was on that day that he would be returning. And yet then all of a sudden he was sat in my classroom before tutor had officially started. So a few minutes before the bell went, sat there in his wheelchair and we had a conversation. 
I welcomed him back. Um, but I was a little worried about how the other students in the class were going to react because obviously this boy is in a very vulnerable position, shown wonderful courage coming back to school and he's doing so, so well. But on that first day back in a wheelchair, I'd imagine he was feeling quite vulnerable. And because he'd showed up on this day unexpectedly, at least from my point of view, I hadn't had time to speak to any students, any other students in my tutor group beforehand. So I was a little nervous. And yet, when they came in, they immediately gathered around him, were patting him on the shoulder, shaking his hand, welcoming him back, and doing all the things that you would want them to do. And they hadn't been asked by me. They did it instinctively. And I was so, so proud of them. They made a student who was feeling rather vulnerable, I'd imagine, feel welcome. And it was one of my, I'd put that up there as one of my highlights as a teacher. Seeing this good-natured, kind, empathetic side of my students on show when welcoming this student back to school, it was just so wonderful. And I'm so very proud of them. And I told them, I told them I was proud of them. Now, last thing to discuss this week. My year sevens have recently discovered the fact that I produce a podcast. And this has caused considerable excitement amongst them. So much so that I've received a couple of emails from them. And I would like to share a couple of those emails with you. Here's one. Hello, Mr. Brown. Right now, I am listening to another episode, 27, and it's really interesting to do this in my free time, and I'm really happy that you have created this podcast. Anyways, I'll see you tomorrow. Here's another. Well, 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 if it isn't Mr. Brown. By the way, I found out the following day at school that this student hadn't actually meant to send me this email, but it's very good and very entertaining. So, well, 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 if it isn't Mr. Brown. Firstly, I just want to say, ever since I found your podcast, I felt terrible how you were stressed and could hardly get any sleep. I almost cried, and I have some reasons why sleep is important. Hopefully, you get motivated. During sleep, your body is working to support healthy brain function and maintain your physical health. In children and teens, sleep also helps support growth and development. Getting inadequate sleep over time can raise your risk for chronic long-term health problems. But let's get to the important part, which is why I am the best. I like to think I'm smart at maths, three exclamation marks, as I have gotten 69% in both of our assessments. I also like football, and I like to think I'm good at it, as I've played football for seven years, and I'm a LB and support Liverpool. And that's the end of that email. So another wonderful email. And this one, perhaps my favourite. Hi, I would just like to say your podcast is inspirational and motivating and I was just listening to it now and I felt like I was about to explode because my brain couldn't handle the topics and it has got me thinking a lot. Amazing podcast, now I want to be a teacher. So three wonderful 
emails from my year seven students there about the podcast. And that last one got me thinking. In that email, the student said that they want to be a teacher. And it got me thinking about what's the highest accomplishment a teacher could possibly hope for? Is it to inspire their students to also want to be teachers? Maybe. I'll leave that one with you. And we'll speak again in a couple of weeks' time. If you enjoyed this episode, please spread the word in person and on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at MrBrownPod or email MrBrownPod at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate and review in your directory of choice. Please also consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash MrBrownPod and helping me cover the cost of producing the podcast. Thank you and talk again soon.